Euronet Plus Panorama is a weekly review of European news broadcast by our network of EU radio stations. Hi, I'm Joe, and you're listening to Euronet Plus Panorama. Europe has been wrestling this week with how it can help to bring peace in the Middle East. With two distinct wars raging on the fringes of Europe, the EU's foreign ministers certainly had their work cut out for them at the Foreign Affairs Council in Brussels on Monday. They discussed a 12-point plan for a two-state solution to the Israel-Palestine conflict, the organisation of a peace conference and a Red Sea mission to safeguard trade routes in the Middle East. The EU's High Representative, Josep Borrell, along with the bloc's foreign ministers, has called for the resumption of political dialogue with a view to finding a two-state solution to the conflict between Israel and Hamas. Borrell is also proposing a preparatory peace conference that brings together the EU, the UN and the Arab League, as well as the US, Egypt, Jordan and Saudi Arabia. In fact, the foreign ministers of Egypt, Jordan and Saudi Arabia were all present at Monday's meeting, along with their Israeli counterpart, Israel Katz. The latter stated categorically that his government's key goals were the return of the Israeli hostages held by Hamas and, of course, the defeat of Hamas. BNR asked former EU commissioner and current Bulgarian foreign minister Maria Gabriel if Katz was prepared to engage in any way with the idea of a two-state solution. I don't think here at this meeting that we are looking for a yes or no answer or for someone to change their position. What is more important to me is that for the first time we've had the opportunity to talk for a whole day with the Israeli foreign minister, with the Palestinian foreign minister and with the foreign ministers of Jordan, Egypt and Saudi Arabia. I think this is a very positive step towards helping all of us at some stage to realize that a two-state solution is the only way to ensure we do not make the same mistakes again. Yet the Israeli Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, is not sounding particularly open to such a suggestion, stating in the Knesset on Wednesday, the 75th anniversary of the establishment of the Israeli parliament, that there can be no compromise when it comes to Israel's security. Polsky Radio shares his comments. We set goals for the war and they are robust and valid. To end Hamas's rule, to return our hostages home, all our hostages, and to ensure that Gaza will never again constitute a threat to Israel. Anyone who lifts a hand against us in Gaza, anyone who lifts a hand against us anywhere, will very quickly feel our power. There is not, nor will there be, any compromise with regard to safeguarding our existence and our future for generations to come. Luxembourg's foreign minister, Xavier Bettel, feels that Israel's reluctance to engage in finding a workable solution will ultimately prove to its own detriment as he made clear to national broadcaster 100.7. You have to realize that you're making yourself increasingly isolated and that one day we might no longer understand. Yes, you have been a victim of Hamas, but that status of victim may not count for some people anymore and you want to avoid that happening, because right now the biggest victim is, in fact, the civilian population in Gaza. Slovenia recently began its two-year term as a non permanent member of the UN Security Council. Speaking in New York on Wednesday, 
Foreign Minister Tanya Fayon deplored the number of casualties on both sides of the conflict and called for a ceasefire. A hundred days of the conflict have led to too many civilian casualties on all sides. One in every 100 Palestinians in Gaza has been killed. And enough is enough. Fayon also stressed that the Security Council should speed up talks on the future adding that a two-state solution was the only way of preventing the spread of extremism and extremist ideologies and the only chance for peace. RTV Slovenia reports. Marcin Zuzhanovsky, a Polish expert in Middle Eastern affairs, tells Polsky Radio that the conflict between Israel and Hamas in the Gaza Strip is being exploited by Iran and the Houthi movement in Yemen, among others. He stresses, however, that bringing the Gaza conflict to an end will not automatically end other conflicts in the region. Even if somehow, by some miracle, this conflict came to an end, and I cannot imagine how this would happen, this would not solve the problems in the region. The Houthi rebellion, for example, although now very much linked to Iranian activities and to the situation in Gaza, is a completely separate Yemen-specific issue that is independent of external factors and a product of tensions within Yemen itself. On the subject of the mounting attacks on ships in the Red Sea by the pro-Palestinian Iran-backed Houthi militia in Yemen, Josep Borrell also announced, after Monday's foreign affairs meeting, that there had been an in-principle agreement to set up a common security and defence policy mission in the Red Sea to protect ships. With almost a fifth of world trade and a third of container traffic passing through this region, the safety of shipping in the Red Sea is vital to the global economy. However, unlike the joint US-UK military operation that's currently underway, the EU mission, which may be given the green light at next month's Foreign Affairs Council, would not carry out airstrikes in Yemen. Still, certain member states have expressed reservations about this latest development, Observers fear indeed that, instead of cooling the situation in the region, an EU mission may further inflame tensions. In addition, there are concerns, as Yeva Korevaite, a professor of Middle East relations at Vilnius University, explains to Genu Radias, that the EU mission and the US-led mission could be conflated and the EU subsequently seen as pro-Israeli by association. Certain EU member states do not want the mission to be associated with a pro-Israeli coalition. They would instead like it to be clearly defined along pragmatic economic lines, prioritizing the safeguarding of free navigation while ensuring some distance from any pro-Israeli coalition. But all reservations aside, Korevaite emphasizes that the EU does need to act, because the longer trade is disrupted, the harder the EU's economy will be hit. Around 12% of world trade travels along this route and any detour would particularly affect developed consumer societies. There would be significant price rises. To protect the economy, the European Union must take action. What is up for debate is who should coordinate such missions and whether they should be strictly defined as pragmatic economic missions to escort cargo ships in an attempt to protect free navigation. Italy's foreign minister, Antonio Tajani, agrees that action is imperative, 
but he would take things a step further still. His comments, made at Monday's meeting in Brussels, are shared by our Radio 24 colleagues in Milan. Our Navy is already acting to defend our merchant ships, but a new European mission is needed. I hope that this can definitely be approved at the next Foreign Affairs Council. We are taking a step forward towards a real European defence. You cannot do foreign policy, you cannot be present in the world, you cannot be present in the Middle East if you do not have a true European defence policy, a foreign policy instrument. So we'll bring things to a close there. Do come back next week for another roundup of the news as reported by our colleagues from around the EU.